This is a Locker Room Production. What's going on, everybody? It is Jeremy Brenner filling in for Nathan Hirsch on this episode of Talk the Plank as we recap the Pirates-Braves four-game series beginning on Thursday and ending today. Pirates, a four-game series that ended with three consecutive losses after a Thursday 10-inning victory. And today, I'm going to be joined here in a little bit by someone that I really want everyone to meet, and I'm really excited about that part of the show. We'll also talk a little bit about uh, Key Brian Hayes and his rehab assignment, and as well as Colin Moran and his his progression through his injury. And I have the special guest here, and he's not just a guest, he's actually going to be the new co-host of Talk the Plank. I would like to welcome Jake Slobodnik to the podcast. And Jake, you are one of the brightest Pirates minds I know, so it's really exciting to have you on the podcast. Thank you for uh, coming on, and uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Hey, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. Glad to be part of the Talking the Plank team. Uh, so I'm actually a Pennsylvania resident. I grew up, I grew, I'm actually located halfway between Altoona and Pittsburgh, two of the Pirates teams. So I, I've been following them religiously for a while now. Um, my granddad taught me to be a Pirates fan. Don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or not, but uh, we'll take it. But um, I am actually a radio host. I'm an afternoon host for a country radio station in Indiana. And it's also a station that follows the Pirates religiously. Uh, we cover them and the curve as well. So um, basically live, breathe, and uh, eat, sleep, and all that. Baseball and Pirates especially. Uh, hard for me to miss a game. So uh, this is actually a really great opportunity. I'm glad to be a part of it. Glad to actually be able to present my ideas solely around the Pirates uh, to a group of people, and I look forward to uh, growing with you guys. Absolutely. And, you know, this this weekend was pretty difficult, obviously, you know, not just to mention the, the – I won't even talk about the score from Friday night, but the Pirates only managed uh, one run today. They managed um, only one run on Saturday. Not a whole lot of offense from this team, but also – Jake, it's not something that we are uh, surprised to see at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't definitely. I wouldn't necessarily say that anybody's surprised to see this see it at this point. Um, a lot of the things that I noticed over the weekend is that when the hitting's on point, the pitching isn't, and then when the pitching's on point, the hitting isn't. Our our offense has struggled. I don't understand. I don't understand how we can take a down, uh, downward spiral from Friday or Thursday's extra inning win, where our bats were hot and our bullpen and pitching were fine. Uh, to, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, where all we can muster is one run per game, and then our pitching just all – the, all the screws seem to just come loose on that. Uh, I feel bad for Brubaker, especially today, because, I mean, really, if you take Austin Riley out of that lineup, the Pirates are still in this game. Um, but two occasions, hung a two-strike slider over the heart of the plate, uh, that's going to be crushed by anybody in Major League Baseball. Um, and I mean – the, the Braves as a whole have a strong core of hitters. So I can't say I'm surprised by the offense that they showed. I'm just more surprised that we as that the Pirates couldn't do more. 
if that makes sense. I'm surprised our pitching couldn't hold up somewhat, and I'm more surprised that our hitting could only muster four hits today. That that all just surprised me for this. Yeah, the bats are definitely still very cold as they've as they've kind of been there all season long. But the pitching this weekend, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned JT Brubaker today's start. He went five and a third with uh, set. He gave up all seven runs for the team and. You know, it's it's unfortunate because Brubaker's been probably the best starter that the team has had all year. And, you know, you would rely on him to get, you know, at least, you know, maybe a chance to win the game. But today was just not the case. Right. And I get that. And here's the thing. Everybody has an off day here and there. You know, Tyler Anderson finally had a bad game. I don't say finally in a good sense, but I think we all kind of expected it. We all have a bad week or a bad game and this is this was actually a very good time for them to have some bad games especially Brubaker you go up against one of the stronger teams in the Braves I would rather them waste a bad game on a team like them get their ego stroking a little bit and then you know come back and just completely turn it around whenever you know in the next series or two Uh, this is just something I think we can get over I I hope that we can get over it Um, but Brute Baker, like I said, take away those two home runs by Riley, and he pitched a very effective game. Even after, uh, like you mentioned it, after giving up those two home runs, he still went on to pitch five and two-thirds strong innings. It's uh-huh. just those home runs that plagued him the most. Yeah, and honestly, the Braves have actually struggled on offense this season prior to this weekend, and I think this weekend was kind of an opportunity for them to to really take control here, and they actually you know, improved. Uh, to a, a positive run differential, which they didn't have before. You know, the NL East this year has been probably the worst in terms of offense, uh, but the Braves, with their offensive uh, slaughtering on Friday, have kind of just uh, gone over the hump and are now in the plus side. But enough about this weekend. There's there's not really a whole much else to say. You know, the pitching was not good. The batting the hitting not good either but I guess let's try to turn this into a positive though let's try to rewind back to Thursday and it was nice to see that the Pirates played uh, a tight game late they had done so the previous weekend against the Giants but to play on the road in a tough place to play you know in Atlanta they were able to get that win on Thursday uh, Rich Rodriguez ended up with the win. He pitched two innings in relief, which is something he usually doesn't do. Uh, but the they were able to get two runs in the 10th, and that was able to win the game for the Pirates, their lone win on the weekend. Jake, anything from that game that stands out for you that you want to mention? Well, uh, you already highlighted one, and that was Richard Rodriguez. I mean, this guy has been electric all season long. And here's the thing. The best part about Richard Rodriguez he doesn't throw triple digits. He's not the next Aroldis Chapman. He goes in there and just throws effective off-speed that gets the batters swinging and missing in their shoes. It's it's, it's magical to, say, to see almost. I mean, Derek Shelton trusted him to go two strong innings during the – well, one being in the uh, extra innings role, if not two. That's not easy to do. You can't just go out there and retire two consecutive innings with, with starting off with a runner on second base. And Rich Rodriguez did just that. Mm-hmm. If we want to talk about this, any positive positivity this past week or past weekend, he is definitely the biggest star among them. Kevin Newman, I got to say, uh, did pretty good on Thursday, drove in the winning run. 
Uh, another positive, not just from Thursday, but today is where this whole weekend series, Adam Frazier continues to hit. That's all he okay. does. Death taxes and hitting from Adam Frazier. That's all exactly. he does. So, yeah, you can, there are some positives to this weekend. And I think those three right there are just the just the three that really stick. Yeah, Frazier went four for five on Thursday. He went uh, one for three on Friday, one for four on Saturday. And then today he also got a hit. So that's uh, now that's, I believe, we're looking at another pretty long hitting streak from him. I believe this is nine games in a row with a hit for Adam Frazier. And, you know, as we get into the summer months, you know, trade talks are going to start ramping up. And you have to assume that, you know, the two guys that we just mentioned, Rich Rodriguez and Adam Frazier, are probably going to be the likeliest Pirates that our other teams are going to be talking about. Do you think that it's smart for the Pirates to sell high when Frazier and Rodriguez's value is at a pretty high level, or do we need their talent at this point? I'm going to get a lot of groans from this, but I really think that we need their talent. Uh, There's got to be a definite point of when the teardown stops and the rebuild begins, and I think now is that time for the Pirates. They got rid of all of their biggest pieces in the offseason, Uh, Frazier, I think we still can use him for second base. Uh, We have a lot of middle infield talent coming up from the farm system, but Frazier, I think, can be that bright point in our lineup to really generate some productive offense, and I think if we get rid of him, we are putting way too many eggs in the basket of Kevin Newman and Eric Gonzalez, and to me, they haven't shown that they're ready to be the leaders in the middle infield yet, so I think Frazier can still be a key part of this team. Uh, Mm -hmm. Richard Rodriguez, sees. I'm questioning on him a little bit because in order to bring your closer in for a game, you need to be in either a save situation or a point where you can bring in your uh, closer in like Thursday. A good point. We brought him in and he was able to do the job. But if you're a team like the Pirates who continuously loses, then Rodriguez, he really has no need on this team and he can probably be shipped off to a contender. So if you were to ask me, I think we should probably look at getting Rodriguez away. But uh, especially with how loaded our bullpen can be, with how loaded our pitching minor league system is, just looking, you know, especially in Double A Altoona and Triple A Indianapolis, we have a lot of relief talent. So I think we ha- we can afford to get rid of Rodriguez. As for Frazier, though, I think that would be overkill if, in this whole stripping down phase. I think we should keep him if he's at least the one person in this team that consecutively hits. Why why should we get rid of him? I think that we should keep Adam Frazier for at least a, a couple more years unless we get an absolutely steal of a trade like an almost Rays and Pirates Chris Archer trade, but in reverse this time to get mm-hmm. rid of Frazier. Yeah, you know, speaking of speaking of middle infield prospects, Cole Tucker made his twenty twenty one debut with the team on Friday in that horrendous uh loss for the Pirates. But this is the first time we've seen Cole Tucker in in 2021, and we're in mid-May. And when you look at the depth in the farm system and the guys that have come up from AAA, it just feels like a revolving door of, of quad-A players that we're bringing up. Troy Stokes, Ildemar Vargas, you know, there's, you know, so Ben Gamble, other guys that are just, you know, just kind of revolving around. Kai Tom is one of them. He went to the disabled list. That's what prompted Cole Tucker to come up so at this point like I don't I, I I agree with you in terms of the fact that Frazier is 
a, a big source of the offense. And you don't have much offense outside of that. So you do need him to get on the base. The only problem is you need someone to bring him home. And that's, you know, we don't really have many of those guys right now. So let's bring this back to Cole Tucker, though. He only played one game in the series. It was in a blowout. They brought him up. You know, you would think that you'd bring Cole Tucker up because, you know, you'd like to play Cole Tucker. But this kind of just felt like, hey, we have an open roster spot. Let's might as well bring up him. What do you think Cole Tucker's uh, – you think he has staying power for a little bit, a couple weeks? Do you think uh, Shelton's going to give him a shot at some point? Or is he just going to go right back down once someone comes back up? Yeah, that was the biggest surprise to me this weekend was that we didn't really use Cole Tucker too much because, well, you mentioned it. You bring a guy up, the first thing you think of is, oh, he's going to get some valuable playing time. But then he only got two at-bats and garbage time. So I think that Shelton does have a plan for him and that he's going to utilize him in the next series, I would say. Uh, but I, I don't know. Cause we all look at last year, Cole Tucker wasn't really doing too much when he was up with the club. He was great on defense, but that was really, that was his main selling point in bringing him up. He plays a great glove. His hitting though, surprised a lot of people because in my, in the minor leagues, he did really well. I remember attending an out, a few Altoona curve games where he was up and he was electric with the stick, but then he comes up to the MLB and it seems like ever since his, his walk-off home run in his debut, he hasn't really done too much at the plate. So, to me, if Cole Tucker is going to get more playing time, he's got to he's got to strengthen up his hitting a little bit. But um, I think that would have been a valuable thing to do this weekend. But Shelton, I think, just he dropped the ball on that. Yeah, I'm starting. There are some questionable moves that I think that uh, Shelton has made so far. Like, there's just like, and that was one of them. There, there are several others that I could name, but at this point, I, I don't really see the point in in playing like you know Ben Gamble at this point. Like I, I think you got to play as many young guys as you possibly have. Give Will Craig as much playing time as you possibly can, especially considering the fact Colin Moran's coming back soon. I would hope that Will Craig does stay up. I hope that he's not the corresponding move for when uh for when Colin Moran does return to the team, but. Like play the young guys. You got you got to give these young guys some playing time. And playing Ben Gamble doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he's not in the he's not in the future of the team. He he does not fit the future timeline for the Pirates. But you know, Will Craig might, and you know, getting other guys like him a shot can really do some some good for the team. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think we should definitely play more of the younger uh, younger players. Ben Gamble, I mean, we both can probably agree that he's more of a placeholder for this team, and especially with all the slew of injuries we've encountered. Um, but I do agree. Will Craig, I think, is a little questionable just because, well, today he dropped a routine ground ball that proved to lead to the opening three-run homer to Austin Riley. He gloves that, makes an easy third out. We're out of the inning, and it's one to nothing still throughout three innings. Um but at the same time, I also don't see his offensive uh, prowess like I thought I would. Yeah, he's getting a few hits here and there. He hit his first home run within a few, ga- a few games of him bre- being up in the MLB this season. But to me, he just doesn't have that wow factor like I thought he would when he would hit the team. Um, I, don't, I agree with you that I don't think he should be sent down when Moran and Evans ultimately return. Um, but I, th- I think he will just just because of how the young he actually is. Yeah. I don't I don't want to see it. I want to see these young players get up and develop their talent a little bit. 
But if we're if we're think if, if history has proved anything, they will give the guys with promise time in AAA than they will up in the big league squad and get ready for the future. It doesn't make any sense really to some people, but I think with uh, Evans and Moran, once they finally do come back, I think when Moran comes back, we'll keep him up for a little bit. But it's when Evans comes back, I think, is when we're really going to send Craig back down. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you like we can't be the Pittsburgh placeholders. We need to be the Pittsburgh Pirates. We need to play as many guys that have a shot to be part of this team when they're good again. And you know, having the Pittsburgh placeholder team, which does feel like majority of the lineup right now, is, is not how you rebuild. You tear down, and by tearing down, you play those placeholders. But at some time, those placeholders have to become pirates. So, I how many I'm gonna ask you this, Jake, of of the current like everyday lineup, everyday lineup guys. Let's just say like Adam Frazier, Kevin Newman, Reynolds, uh, Moran, Key Brian Hayes when he returns, uh, a bunch of those guys, and then even some pitching staff. How many of these guys do you think will be Pittsburgh Pirates when they're competitive again? And how many of these guys are actually placeholders? Oh, gee, that's that's tough because it seems like a lot of people have mixed conversations about. Um, who could be in the long t- in the long run for the Pirates? If I had to wager a guess, and I'm out of a team of 26, I would say about maybe four of them are going to be on the contending team when we're finally good again. I, it, no matter how long that may be, some might just honestly be aged out by the time we're good again. Who knows how long it'll be? But um, I don't. See, that's the tough question. I definitely think Brian Reynolds is one of them. So is Key Brian Hayes. Uh, Brubaker is another one. And I'm going to have to say Bednar. Go five. And Sam Howard, too. So give me five of those that I think are going to be good or there whenever we're good again. I just hope it's not before all or those five guys age out because of, you know, time. Uh, the rest, I think, are just placeholders, if I'm being completely honest. And that includes Kevin Newman and... Uh, I'm trying to think of some other people. Kai Tom, people think that he's going to be in the long run because he's going to be that sneaky addition that we got off the waiver wire. Don't kid yourselves. He is not going to be here too long. Uh, it's it's going to be, you know, those five guys, if that, when we're good again. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Key Brian Hayes, one of those non-placeholder guys, he is making his rehab, uh, rehab assignment in AAA Indianapolis right now. I'm looking on Twitter as we're recording this episode, and it looks like he just hit a line, uh, a, a double down the third base line to to reach second base, and uh, he looks good. He looks really good. I mean, June third is as early as he can be activated and come back to the big league club because he's on the 60 day IL, and that would be 60 days after he was placed on the injured list. So. How excited are you, Jake, about the return of Key Brian Hayes in the next two weeks? Very excited. He, he is one of the Pirates players that I would watch at any time just to see his natural, raw ability out on the field, whether it be on offense or defense. I'm super stoked for him to come back. I just wish it was a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the team could certainly use him. And I think, like, we, we look at this team and we're like, oh, why are they scoring, you know, one run? Why are they... Like, why is this offense as poor as it is? It's because they're not playing their best guys because they're all injured. Colin Moran's injured. Key Brian Hayes is injured. Phillip Evans is injured. But once those guys come back, there's a chance for legitimate, um, there's a chance for a legit, like, offensive, uh, I guess, renaissance, if you will, 
And that's what this team needs. And it's unfortunate because there's no real, like, good solution except these guys just need to heal. Right. And I want to pick another name that you mentioned there. We haven't really talked too much about him, and that's Philip Evans. Mm-hmm. He was struggling way before he hit the injured list. I You speak about an offensive renaissance, and I think – he is that big factor, that big X factor who needs to generate that offensive renaissance because when he is great on offense, the Pirates seem like a, a – a, a, it's so hmm, – what's a good word to put it? A, a revitalized team just because it feels like there's that middle-of-the-lineup spark that Evans brings to it. And he was hitting well last year too. It's just with that slump and then the injury. Mm-hmm. Once he comes back, he needs to be that – anchor for the Pirates to really generate that offense. You could talk about Moran and, and Hayes when they come back, but we already know that they're going to be good offensively because the history has proven that. But Evans, because of that downward spiral that he's had before he hit the injured list, he's definitely that one guy you got to watch out for and hope for, you know, hope for the same offensive productions we saw from the 2019 pre-collarbone injury Phillip Evans. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to see. Yeah, and the thing is, like you, you look at if you look at this lineup that they had today, right? Adam Frazier is without a doubt the 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 leadoff guy. I think that there's no reason to move him away from that spot. And then look, you would normally have he Brian Hayes batted second when uh, the season began, assuming he'd bat second. Kevin Newman batted second today. Kevin Newman's batting two oh nine. Like he like he Brian Hayes would likely bat above two oh nine. I'm not gonna you know, guarantee it, but I think it's, there's a decent shot that he would bat better than what Kevin Newman's doing in the, in the two spot. So then you have Brian Reynolds, who's uh, hovering around the 300 mark. So there's nothing like he would basically stick around there, but Jacob Stallings bat has been batting cleanup since basically since Colin Moran's been down and ever since, you know, and if he's not taking the day off and letting, you know, Perez at the backstop, but I mean, Jacob Stallings is usually your sixth or seventh seventh batter in the order, but he's been batting cleanup because so many of these guys have been injured and he's not having a terrible offensive year. It's, you know, he's like Jacob Stallings is about as a average of a catcher as you possibly can. He's, he's decent at the plate. He's decent behind the plate when he's playing defense and he's, but he's not a cleanup hitter. So you, you push that's Moran's spot. You push Stallings down the order. Then he's in his more natural spot. And this does look more like, a major league club than a triple a you know semi double a club sometimes yeah and you know jacob stallings i think you're the first person i've talked to that ever say that jacob stallings is an average caster and i agree with you he's not he's not he's not the next pudge i mean he can't run he can hit hit literally hit or miss um his defense is probably the only good attribute that he has to him and even that can sometimes, you know, fall by the wayside. Um, so, yeah, I agree. He's, the, he's that person you normally see at the bottom of the order, but with all these injuries, he's asked to take on an extra challenge, and that's bat fourth. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not going to rip him to shreds because, as you mentioned, he's just filling in for these injured people. You know, he's not meant to be a four-hole hitter. Now, if he was meant to be a cleanup hitter, that's different, and I would rip him to shreds almost like a wood chipper. But I can't really, you know, I can't really go out there and say that he's going to be the next best caster to – you know, join the Pirates. He, you know, you asked me about who I think is going to be on the next contending team that the Pirates put out there. Jacob Stallings is not one of them. And I seriously think our catching staff, it, it's on the rise coming up. And I think two names stick out in particular to me just because of what I've seen this year and the last minor league season we had in 2019. Joe Hudson, 
because he is just, well, I know we just picked him up this year, but spring training and watching him in AAA, he has looked unbelievable. But this guy, who I'm, who I'm going to say next, is a homegrown guy, Arden Pabst. He started off slow for the cur- curve this season, but my goodness, he's been on an absolute tear, both offensively and defensively. I was in attendance for a few games already for, for the curve. Dude throws missiles straight on right down to second base on defense, so he can nab runners easily. He's got decent speed, and the pop off his bat has gotten a lot better than uh, previous years. So those two catchers, I think, are going to be who's on our next contending team just because of how well they've shown us. But yeah, Stallings, going back to him, I know I trailed off a bit there, but uh, Stallings, not a four-hole hitter. I can't really say anything neg- too negative about him. Um, I just think that once he, you know, once all these injuries heal up a little bit, I think he will fall back down the lineup a little bit. And he could generate, he could actually be that turnover for the offense at the bottom of the Yeah, and you mentioned Altoona, and I do want I do want to go in that direction now as as we head towards the end of this show. But is there anything from I know you're a big Altoona guy, so what give me like three things from Altoona in the last week or so that fans should know about and should be excited about. All right. So three things for the curve. The one thing I've definitely been saying since the start of the season, Hunter Stratton is going to be a very underrated bullpen candidate. I have watched him. He throws mid to upper nineties. He is, if I had to compare him to one pirates closer we've had in recent memory, he is almost like Joel Hanrahan in a sense, except he has way more command on his pitches. Uh, He struggled, I think in his first appearance of the season, but ever since then he has been locked down on the mound. Like this kid he is a strikeout machine, and he's going to be absolutely um, – he's going to be a menace to hitters whenever he hopefully one day comes up in the MLB, and hopefully it's with the Pirates. Next, uh, he sort of trailed off from Altoona. I think he got called up. Ethan Paul, uh, he's going to be one of those middle infield candidates that I think is going to be something that uh, people are going to keep on their radar. Um, but other than that, I think I'm going to leave off with something very, very obvious. Rodolfo Castro – is a freaking tank. That's what I'm going to say right now. This <laughs> yes, kid, sir. oh my God, he is going to be on that playoff team that, I, that I've that i been talking about, that we've talked about all throughout the show. That kid is going to be absolutely stunning. when. He- yeah, and, and uh, Ethan Paul did get uh, promoted to AAA. He's played eight games with the, with the Indianapolis Indians so far this season. So, uh, and yeah, Rodolfo Castro, he could be... He could be like the next like major guy for the team, I'd say. Like, I don't want to say Andrew McCutcheon because Andrew McCutcheon obviously is is very revered in Pittsburgh, but he has the potential to be the face of the franchise. He does. Oh yeah, and you know nobody can really compare to McCutcheon because you know you think about before McCutcheon came up, Pittsburgh baseball was kind of dead, almost one foot in the grave. McCutcheon brought that thing back to life and put it on a healthy platform. So nobody can come close to ever, ever to what McCutcheon did. But I would say Rodolfo Castro gets up there just in raw athletic ability and his offense. Oh, my goodness. He's got so much power behind him. I, I can't remember the last time we've had a middle infielder bat third that can be that I predict will be in the Pirates lineup batting third, such as Rodolfo Castro. This kid, he is something special. I loved what I saw, you know, what I saw in spring training from him. I'm loving what I see from him in Altoona, and I, I really can't wait to see him back in a Pirates uniform one day. I know he got called up for the Tiger series. Didn't do too much, but I think that was more of like a, hey, we need a body, get up here type of thing. Uh, so I think once he's more established, I think he'll bring more of an impact. to. 
Mm-hmm. And before we sign off, off day on Monday, but we get the Cubs for the fourth time this season already. This is the fourth series. It's the only team we've played four times this year so far, but the Cubs come to PNC for three starting Tuesday. 6.35 first pitch on Tuesday and Wednesday night, and then a day game at 12.35 first pitch on Thursday. But, Jake, what is one key to look for in this Cubs-Pirates series this week? Huh. Well, I would say one thing, one key thing to look out for this series is definitely a more productive offense. Um, I could tell that was something that was on Shelty's mind throughout the throughout the entire weekend series against the Braves. He has actually, I've seen more anger out of him uh, because his team just really hasn't done much to plate. So I think that they're going to take the off day, work on offense, work on what they can do to improve it. And I think we're going to see a much more productive Pirates team, whether they win or lose in Chicago. I think we're going to see more of a, a, a more of a competing Pirates team instead of one that seemingly, seemingly will just get blown out in the first few innings. I think that's one thing that we're going to look forward to. And um, I also th- I think it's going to be interesting to see what Sheltie does with that pitching rotation because remember Cahill's hurt and there's still a big question mark as to what happened I think on Tuesday I think is uh, Cahill's normally spot or normal spot and he named three contenders for it so that's going to that's going to be like another uh, half thing to look. For. Yeah, it would be it'd be nice to get another uh, another pitcher in the wings here, uh, possibly a, like a, a spot start because at this point like. Trevor Cahill is, is an innings eater at this point, but as we approach the middle of the season, the, the second half of the season, I, I, I imagine that the Pirates would want to go for more of a younger arm than a Trevor Cahill. Uh, I mean, you, you want guys like Trevor Cahill at the beginning of the season, but towards the end of the year, those guys lose their value pretty quickly. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up getting that uh, that start uh, on uh, during during this series this week. Uh, and look, the Pirates played six games on the road and they are, you know, returning home. Sometimes when you return home, you sleep in your own bed, you get a little bit of a pep in your step and hopefully that'll happen this week. The Pirates have not only this series uh, at home against the Cubs, they have another home series next weekend against the Colorado Rockies. That'll be a, a great opportunity for the Pirates to get some wins and to give this club a little bit more uh, confidence, especially. And then you get Key Brian Hayes back. Hopefully Colin Moran comes back within the next week or so. Philip Evans is close to returning. So it, it's, you know, the sun will rise again, as they, as they say. <laughs> but uh, I think this is a good time to park the pirate ship for now. But thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, be sure to follow uh, the, the host of the show, Nathan Hirsch at Nathan underscore Hirsch. That's H-U-R-S-H. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. You can follow my co-captain, Mr. Jake Slobodnik, on Twitter at... At underscore Radio Jake. Yes, and be sure to also follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. And check all of our Pirates content at BucksDugout.com. Home of all things Pittsburgh Pirates on SBNation.com. We are live on... Apple Podcasts, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast, listen to us after every series, and give us a shout-out. Tell your friends. We we would love to have as large of an audience as possible and make this podcast a must-listen for all Pirates fans. So, again, thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast, for uh, tuning into this episode, and we'll see you guys on Thursday for the Cubs-Pirates recap. 
so long.